Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to Schweddy. I mean, welcome back to Sneakers and Cleats podcast. This is Monday, November 13th. Uh, this is episode 49. I'm Matt Roy. That's Chuck. This is Don. Um, I, you know, you think about Schweddy every time we come in here now. Seasons eating. <laughs> so had yeah. to start it out that way. Yeah, Pete. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is episode 49. So 49, a little bit of a less notable number, but people that I always think of, Ron Guidry, who uh, I think the Anybody under fifty isn't thinking about, but I somehow... Louisiana Lightning, Louisiana Lightning, Ron Guidry, yeah. and we got Tim Wakefield, who R.I.P. Rest in peace to him. He just passed away recently. Um, too much of the uh, controversy over Kurt Schilling on that one, but anyway, Chris Sale also forty nine. Some good yeah. ones. I uh, I remember as a kid the Sports Illustrated cover when the um, the Forty ers beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl that was indoors in Detroit. I I think that was around 1980, 79, something like that. Uh, on the cover was a fullback scoring a touchdown for the 49ers named Earl Cooper, who wore 49. That stuck in my head for some reason. Earl Cooper. Yeah. And then uh, and the great Robbie Legg at the University of North Texas. Okay. <laughs> shout out to Robbie Legg. Or shout out to North Texas. <laughs> right. They, who got their asses kicked but, this past weekend. But, yeah, 49 is not – not common. It's not a great. It's not a huge number. Like yeah. you don't think like football players don't really have forty nine. Like it's a, it's either a fullback or like yeah. some fifth safety or something like that for forty nine. Some great player like LeBron should wear it to make it popular. Get Wemby. Wemby wear forty nine. That'd be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ugly number. It's a, it is an ugly number. All right, we got a loaded slate for today. So we got a. Cowboys and Texans both coming off some winning weekends. Uh, C.J. Stroud making his case for MVP now, not just Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's a hell of, having a hell of a season. But first, we got to start with Jimbo. We don't talk a lot of Texas A&M football on this program, mainly because they suck all the time. But uh, Jimbo Fisher now fired after six years with the program. They're going to pay him uh, $76 million to get out of there. Um, it's a nice paycheck to lose. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm down. If you guys want to tell me to get the hell out of somewhere, just like you see that Ed Orgeron thing a couple of years ago when they let him go from LSU, they're like, you got $17 million left on your contract. We're going to give it to you. What, dare you, what door do you want me out of? And when we get, when can I leave? <laughs> so uh, Jimbo Fisher, it's the largest college football buyout in football history. Uh, three By a mile. Yeah. Three times as big as the next one is Gus Malzahn. I think it was at 21. So almost four times as big as the next one. What else can be said about Jimbo, guys? He's the biggest failure in college football. Well, you know, when Kevin Sumlin left and eight and and was they fired him because he went eight and four, eight and four, eight and four, and ends up having a better record than Jimbo in the exact same amount of time, basically. I said at the time. Now, I there were other reasons they fired Kevin Sumlin, but I said if you're if you're 
if you're in the SEC and you're firing a guy because he's eight and four, what do you expect if you're Texas A&M? Now, there's a difference between what you strive for and what you expect. And I got into some trouble with some Aggie fans on Twitter yesterday because <laughs> they misinterpreted a, a tweet a bit, and I should have clarified it better. It's my fault. But if you're A&M, you should strive to be Alabama and Georgia. No question about it. And that should be your goal. But if you expect to be Alabama and you see yourself in the mirror as Alabama, as I think some of their boosters do, then they had unreasonable expectations for Jimbo, I think, in a lot of ways. And money doesn't solve all problems. And I think they've kind of learned that lesson. I think it sounded like uh, Bjork learned that lesson yesterday. It's not always about throwing the most money at something. It's about getting the right guy, building the right culture, getting the right players for the program. And hopefully they do that with a Dan Campbell or a Jeff Trailer or somebody that fits them perfectly. They thought Jimbo fit him because he wore Wranglers and had a ranch. <laughs> and had an accent. But Jimbo alienated the Texas High School Coaches Association. Jimbo wasn't beloved by A&M fans, as Richard Oliver was telling us last night. Not a bad guy. Not a bad coach at all. Was it your, uh, was it your tweet that said Texas A&M had – has one national championship in football, and it was in 1939. Yeah. The billionaire Aggie boosters see themselves as Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, USC, or Michigan, when in reality they're like Michigan or Mississippi State, South Carolina. Yeah. They've won one title. It was 1939. But, it, but the Aggie booster who hires Jimbo sees himself in the mirror as Alabama and Georgia. And outside of the state of Texas, like Dan Lanning is one of the, on their list. Why in the world would you leave Oregon? That's Yeah. Why, but, but see, A&M Booster thinks, well, you can't wait to get here. He's in Oregon. He can't wait to get here because we're Texas A&M. And I think it's, it's a skewed view of themselves. Chuck? Well, I mean, playing in that league obviously has elevated their prominence nationally and the brand and everything else. Playing in that league means something. So if you win in that league and win a lot, you're – going to be remembered for, for all sure. times and if you win there you know it's it's going to mean a lot there too i don't know it it's a hard one to read right i'm i think jimbo was smart the way he protected himself he knew accepting that kind of money was going to put a bigger target on his head in terms of if you want to get rid of me if we don't meet the expectations then somebody's going to have your head so to speak and so to his credit he got the right representation to make sure that he got yeah. everything that he could possibly get if they were going to do something like this. Yeah, what, what was it? His his upfront payout is like twenty one or nineteen million dollars, and then they pay him seven point one million every year until twenty thirty one. Now, like, someone get him to sign my contract next time. Like, but good lord, what a are, deal! Those are private dollars, yeah. so it's not like the school you know or anybody's gonna have to worry about tuition going up which is a good thing by the way <laughs> so you as know, a texas I don't know. a&m parent <laughs> uh, yes and and a daughter that's a trainer on the football team so you know she's kind of in it every single day and i think it's just the, it's the business of football right jimbo's not a bad guy it's like don said he's not a bad coach it's just it just didn't work to the level that the expectation is at a&m and i get it too they They've put in the resources. They've put in the time. They've given this coaching staff every opportunity 
from a resource standpoint to go win a lot of football games. It's not like he's losing a lot of football games, but he's not winning the 50-50 games, right? You've got to win the Ole Miss games for sure. You've got to win. You can't lose two years in a row to them. And you can't lose close games, all these close games. I mean, how many times have they lost this year where, you know, they were right there but just couldn't finish? And, you know, again, it's not a perfect world, right? He's not working with his best quarterback. They had their best game the other day with their third-string quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, it's, but it's also, like, when you have all the resources in the world, like Texas A&M does, and you have basically everything in front of you, it comes down to how you execute on the field, but also how you treat people on and off the field. He consistently didn't evolve or didn't change his offense when he clearly needed to. He didn't really uh, delve into NIL until, it was, until they really needed to, and then he started throwing money at everybody. It was like... You, you need to figure out a way, if you're the face of this team, the face of this organization, that you have to do all those things. Well, Bjork said a lot yesterday about you have to evolve. Um, yeah, he never did. I think did. he was talking about Jimbo. Um, but, yeah, it's about – it's. I think there's, a, there's an issue with thinking that the resources in and of itself is the answer. For example – um, they started crushing it in NIL. They were the first mm-hmm. to to do the collective and all that stuff. So they just threw money at five stars on rivals like Denver Harris and those guys that they ran off after a year. Yeah, and they had great recruiting classes because they of that. They had great recruiting classes, but not great kids. And not uh, – they were seven kids they had to run off after freshmen because mm-hmm. they were smoking weed in the locker room after losses. Things like that where, where you can – Build a program with a culture. That's what they're looking for. Without money, you know, other guys have done it in, in in lesser places that didn't have those resources. So, yes, they're right that they have all the resources to give him and that he didn't do enough, but they got to hire a guy who knows how to use the resources best. And, again, I go back to who is Texas A&M? Who do they, who do they think they are? So – like my son Grant, who is the most knowledgeable college football person that I know, texted me this. He said the job tiers in the SEC, tier one, Alabama and Georgia. Tier two, Texas, LSU, and Oklahoma. Tier three, Tennessee, A&M, and Auburn. And then Florida and Ole Miss is tier, and Arkansas is tier four. Right now? The, for that job, to take that job. Like if you're a coach and the job tiers, like, you know, the best jobs in college football. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know. They're not. Well, I don't know Alabama, that Alabama, Georgia, Texas, LSU or Oklahoma. But I don't know that Texas A&M isn't on the same wavelength when it comes to how good of a job that is as Texas because they have the same amount of resources. They have the same amount of of kind of prestige when yeah, it comes Yeah, they make more money than anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's I think, a fact. I think, I think that a Texas A&M, if Sark went to Texas A&M, he'd be having the same success as he is right now in, with the Longhorns. It comes, to, it comes right, down yeah, to... It comes down to the individual. It comes down to the individual and yes, the, right. the culture that they that's create. Right. Like That's why we're all in on Jeff Trailer going to t- coach Texas A&M because it's like he could, he could become... He could become it at Texas A&M. He could be there for 20 years because of the relationships he has... With the Texas coaches, Texas high school coaches, because of the culture that he builds and the triangle and the belief that he has in his players and the winning culture that he brings, 
Like, I feel like Jeff is exactly what Texas A&M needs, not someone like Jimbo or some big name that's going to come in there and, with, and think that their dick's already been there for two minutes. You I know? think it comes down to you have to have somebody that has a innate sense of attention to detail, right? You can't just say this is what we want to be and then – you know, throw things at the wall. You have to have everything written out, and then you have to teach the kids how you want them to play, how you want them to act, all those things. And some guys are going to get it and some guys aren't. But I think if you have most of the people all going in the same direction based off the blueprint, I mean, it's kind of like what I think you can see with what's going on with the Cowboys. I mean, I think McCarthy's attention to detail, you may not like, Whatever the details that he is. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. But at least everybody knows what the plan is, and they're going and trying to execute the plan. And it doesn't seem like anybody, like you don't, I don't know, it just seems like there's, like you can tell, right? It's the same thing with Trailer. I think that's a great example of a guy that he's not only walking the walk, he's talking the talk, he's showing everybody what you need to do in order to, Get Let me ask you this. Let yeah. me ask you this. Is there something innate about the Aggie culture that makes the Jimbos of the world spend more time managing up than managing down? In other words, Jimbo needs to be in the locker room knowing that Connor Wiegman is in a sociology class and in Spanish. And how are you doing in Spanish? But he doesn't have time to know that kid like that because he's got to deal with the big oil guys who are bothering him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's that. I mean, I can't speak to that, obviously. But, I mean, I think Jimbo, like, I've seen a lot of humanity from that guy. And yeah. on days where I, quite frankly, would have not been surprised he not done what he was doing for the kids or his players. For instance, it's a big thing to get a ring at that school. And my daughter was getting a ring, and not a championship ring. It's a school <laughs> ring. They haven't gotten many of those. So they, Jimbo, had all the kids from the football team that were getting their rings, all the equipment people, all the trainers. I mean, these are just college kids, you know. And he took the time on the day they found out that Wegman was done for the year. He still did that, took pictures with the kids made human connections with the yeah. kids. I mean, I don't know a lot of guys that would do that. So I think if there's anybody out there saying that he didn't ingratiate himself or, you know, work the room or all that, maybe he didn't work the right rooms. I don't know. But, I mean, I saw enough. And, you know, just even when Kellen Mond was going through the draft process, I mean, he, he was at Kellen's house. And, you know, I mean, there are things that you see that, you know, maybe other people don't. And it's easy yeah. to sit back and throw stuff at the wall and, you know, some of it, I'm sure, you know, might be true, but there's the other side, too. It's, he's not 
the devil. He's not a horrible football coach. He won a national championship for Christ's sake. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, what do you? How can you say? Yeah, he I won mean, one. He did. Yeah. But does anybody owe more to one player than he does to well to I mean, uh, James Winston? You still have to build a yeah. program, and he 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 ingratiated himself to the right people, as you said, worked the room enough to get a ridiculous extension in 2021. Right. So they loved him. You don't give a guy what they're giving him now. Right. They, they loved him two years ago. Because like, he was winning th- his first three years. His last three years have just sucked. No, he, 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 was he, the, he finished as the number four team in the won, country in 2020. Won, he won one year. He fin- they finished as the number four team in the country in 2020. One year. Yeah, and they should have gotten they had, in to Every the other tournament. year they had at least yes. four, lo- four losses. Yes. They had one good year. One good year. And then last year they were decimated by injuries. Look, we can make excuses for the guy, and I feel like I am, but just to kind of even the playing field. Jimbo knew what he was signing up for, and the good news is is that he's going to come out the winner on the other end. He'll go find another job, and he's going to get paid very, very well. So the AD said that they were stuck in neutral. Um, Now they have uh, the task of replacing him. And there's a lot of names on the list, and and you've you've mentioned Danny Lanning over at Oregon. I personally have no idea why you would leave a job like Oregon to go to Texas A&M. He won't. Uh, Kalen DeBoer over at Washington. Maybe you leave Washington to go to Texas A&M. Um, there's a few other names on the list though. It's Duke coach, Mike Elko. I think he's the favorite. I think he's the favorite as well. Uh, cause Duke football is just, it's not, you know, it's not Texas A&M football. Yeah. But he was, he was with Jimbo at, yeah. And at then, A&M. then you got so, Lane, yeah. Lane Kiffin. But you're just leaving one basketball school for another. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lane Kiffin is also on the list, uh, from Ole Miss. I'm kidding. Aggie fans. No, he's not. Don't add um, me. I saw, I saw a great tweet though. It said, just sign and just do the deal with the devil. You want to win at all costs, go get Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's not a good fit. Would either. Urban ever want to do that? Like no, he would be well, he, he would be the first guy he'd be back there if for somebody four, had him. He'd you be bet. there for four years. They might win a national championship and then he'd like his heart would go out. Like he he, he that dude needs to work on his health before he, he comes he would, back anywhere. He would sign for the contract that Jimbo did, but they're not gonna give anybody that kind of money again. There's never gonna be a buyout like that. Did you see did you see at the the halftime of the game, the loss that they just had on Saturday, halftime the donors gave a check to the athletic department for hundred and sixty million dollars. Then the next day they fired they fired Jimbo. <laughs> what a look that is. <laughs> I thought Mac Engel of the Fort Worth Star Telegram had a bunch of good takes on this where he said the contract became the face of A&M football. Yeah. I think that was pretty much right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when, when you're looking at the contract and you're like, we can't fire him be, just because we're paying him, it's like he's already done. done. He's a, it's a lame duck coach at that point. You can't have a lame duck coach in college sports or any sport, really. Uh, so who do you guys think replaces him? Who's the favorite for you? Uh, I think Elko's the favorite. Um, just with his ties to A&M. I would love to see Dan Campbell go there. He would kill it there, but he's got a good thing going in Detroit. I think a group of five guys like Jeff Trailer are might be – I might say that Trailer is the best candidate, but I don't think they'll hire him because I don't think they see Jeff Trailer beating Nick Saban or Kirby Smart in a living room uh, to get the five-star best player in the country, although yeah. Jeff would. Yeah. Like, where was Nick Saban before he was Nick Saban, right? right. Eventually, you have to get that, that chance. And Jeff's drilled it wherever he's gotten the chance. He was the Big 12 recruiter of the year two years in a row at Texas. And as much as we want Jeff to stay here at UTSA, because I think we would like him to be here forever, 
it's not it's not likely i mean it's just it's not how college football works you started a small school and you go to a big one and then you make a name for yourself jeff is one of the best coaches in the country and but he's turned down texas tech he's turned down purdue arkansas is knocking at the door right now and he's not interested he would leave for a&m he'd leave for texas he's got a texas um he is texas he is texas and i think he's He'll admit he would be successful in Texas, but not necessarily at Purdue. Right. And I think that's why he turned him down. But I don't think he leaves for any Power 5 job, because he hasn't. Um, but I do think he would leave for that one. I'm good with that. Who do you think replaces him? Replaces Jimbo? Who's, who, would you, who would you hire to replace Jimbo? Probably Trailer. I mean, why not? you got nothing to lose. I mean, if you said you're stuck in neutral – and you're driving 55 in the left lane. By the way, I thought that was a nice yeah. way to kind <laughs> yeah, of paint the picture because I'd start to get triggered when I was hearing that. I was like, damn, I know what he's talking about. Is anybody else laying on the horn so, on those right. people on the, on the left know. lane? I mean, <laughs> it's a tough one, right? But I think you need to go outside the box, but they've already talked about they're going to have some outside help. And, you know, now all of a sudden you're talking about this person knows this person. This person's connected to this person. Now all of a sudden it becomes that room gets a little smaller because of they're not truly looking at the national landscape. They're looking at the people that they're connected to with yeah. these companies. So. Personally, I think Jeff is the best fit. Um, maybe it's because I'm biased towards Jeff because he's here in San Antonio. Are. I think we all yeah, are. Yeah. I, I think we, well, it's fair we've to seen admit. It. What he's well, done. Yeah, we've I seen it firsthand. We're fair to admit. Like yeah. He's done so much more with less here. He has built a culture that we expect to win now. As a UT I went to my first UTSA game as a fan on Saturday and just like – Seeing him on the field with his guys and like just seeing how they interact, they all freaking love him. And everybody around UTSA loves Jeff. Half of his job right now is getting money for the program. That would go away at Texas A&M. And he could focus on football and doing what he does and f focus on what he loves to do, which is coach football here in Texas. So and I think, yeah, that would be an added benefit at, you know, the next stop too, is that yeah. he's done all of those things yeah. and not just, you know, had to just worry about football. The thing that AM should want to hire Jeff for is and I don't I if I hope that they don't hire him for this reason solely is you would have to pay him far less than you would Danny Lanning or Kalen DeBoer or Urban Meyer or any of these other names that we've thrown out there. And with when you're paying seventy five million dollars to a coach that no longer coaches for you, you might want to, you know, take a little bit of a discount on the next coach. I yeah. think they would, yeah. I think he's making three. I think they could get him for five and a half, six million dollars. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, it was an entertaining weekend, uh, to say the least. Sorry to Jimbo for losing that job, but I th think we all agree it was time time to make a change there. So let's get to the Cowboys and the Texans. Uh, Cowboys and Texans both win. Texans pull one off in surprising fashion in Cincinnati, beating the Bengals. The Cowboys, another dominant effort against the Giants. Um, the Giants suck, and the Cowboys don't. I don't think we really learned a whole lot in that game, did we? That they handled their business, and it, I think it goes back to you know talking about UTSA. I mean – if you go into a game, and that one's probably not a good example, but there are certain games you have to win, right? Yeah. Like, UTSA's got to beat Rice, right? But that, to me, looked like a trap game. Rice had been playing pretty well. They played the other two undefeated teams in the conference, tooth and nail, one-score games, and UTSA just beat the snot out of Rice. So they're handling their business, and I think there's something to be said about God. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Guys that can get guys to go do that week in and week out. And I think if you're the Cowboys, you not only had to win that game, you had to win convincingly. The point spread was almost 17 points. And they went out and literally dismantled them after the first couple of And I, I think it was good in that. Um, now, the Giants aren't great competition, but it doesn't matter who the competition was compared to what we saw the Cowboys offense run. Like, I think McCarthy's been listening to his players and the critics in the sense that C.D. Lamb three weeks ago was like, give me the ball, I can help you. And they did. Historically. <laughs> Brandon Cooks was like, why did we get – the media was asking – why did you sign him if you're never going to throw in the ball? They did. Tony Pollard's not tough enough. We need a banger in there. Rico Dowdle got plenty of carries and showed he was very physical in the red zone after Pollard failed on an early fourth, fourth down uh, goal line stand. Yep. So, to me, it was like I was really encouraged by what I saw because, like, okay, if this is what they're going to do, if they're going to feature CD, I think he had nine – and, and the 11. other guy had 11, or yeah. he had nine, 11, and, and Cooks had nine. And then they yeah. still had Ferguson for – They had – the two of those guys combined had over 300 yards receiving, and Dak had Four, uh, over 400. 400. So yeah. it was yeah. it was the, the duo receivers. And I think there was a commitment to keep more people in and to play a little more smash-mouthy and simplify the offense a little bit more and just – you know, stop spreading it. You know, don't go with five wides and all the, you know, the window dressing and everything else. So bottom line, there's only one ball. So let's yeah. concentrate on the two guys we know that are really, really good. And even 13 got loose on some got deep balls. Yeah, so, who, yeah, who's so that... this 83? When did he get on the team? <laughs> Say what? I'm sorry. This 83. I had to go looking for my phone. Who's number 83? Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks? Yeah. When did he show up? Um. Yesterday. I don't yeah. know where Jalen Tolbert come. Where where is Jalen Tolbert? Speaking oh, he of was good no, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know the history to be honest with you. What's his first name? Jalen. No, Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Brooks. Oh, there's two Jalen. There's two Jalens. Right? Okay, well, so, I, I Oh, I think he was like the eighth round, dra- seventh round draft pick. So I think what we take away from the game uh, is you were right, Rico. It needs to be featured more, and I think that they noticed that and they figured that out. Um, he got 12 carries for 79. Tony Pollard's 15 for 55. I think uh, the book might still be out on Deuce Vaughn, but I don't think Deuce Vaughn is anything more than a gadget guy. Um, he wasn't great in the punt return game. You can see there's a notable, noticeable difference between him and Kevontae Turpin uh, in the punt return game. Uh, he's not – he can't really do like the Darren Sproles thing and actually getting free in, in, in space it looked like. So I was I was a little discouraged with Deuce Vaughn's showing. Um Tony Pollard, I think, has cost himself probably the most amount of money that any player has in the entire league this year that by his play. Um, I think he was probably a $11, $12 million a year guy for three years, and now he's probably like a Miles Sanders-type contract kind of guy, like a four-year 20. He's probably cost himself millions and millions of dollars with how badly he's played this year. It's coming off that injury, too. You know, I mean, that was a significant injury, and you got to remember, in that 49er game, when he got hurt, you could tell the 49ers had one game plan in that game, which was to stop him. Mm-hmm. And the game plan for the Cowboys was going to be <laughs> get him the ball. And, you know, quite frankly, he has not been the same since. No, so we hasn't. haven't seen a game that even looked remotely close to being the guy. Jerry that he looks like a genius year. for the uh, They're uh, saying no. one year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, 
he I don't think he was gonna tag. he wasn't gonna step in it again with like he did with Zeke. He wasn't gonna pay another back like like Zeke uh like Zeke's contract. No, but I mean to tag him, you know. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like Tony wanted a longer term deal, three, four years. Uh, and obviously they weren't going to do it because, and I yeah. think they still have some residual cuts and bruises from what they gave. And Zeke. had he been run, if he's running for 150 yards a game, it would have cost Jerry money. Yep. But he took that gamble. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think that the Texans being good question mark have has kind of proposed some interesting uh, topics. If you were starting a team right now, and you had Dak or CJ Stroud to choose from. Knowing what we know about each player, who would you start with? If we're starting the team, if you're right starting now, the team right this second, for me it would have to be CJ just because of his youth and what I've seen so far. Yeah, and I, w- I would go a step further. I would, I would take him. Uh, I would take him in a straight up trade, one for one today. Yeah, I'm well. Th- what if I, they were- I wouldn't do that? But if I was starting a team, which to me lets my mind wander, if I'm starting a team and. We know we're going to have to go. You know, if it's is an expansion team, this is who I would want to build my team around. But I think the Cowboys have done that around Dak too. So all, just, th- all things being equal, not not to, not talking about the contract. Looking at it, is, let's say both you have both of them for five years, and you're starting a team. You want C.J. Stroud over Dak Prescott? If you could guarantee me that Dak was going to be healthy, yeah, both for the five bar- years, yeah, take health out of it. Then I would take Dak. Okay, C.J. I would take I, C.J. I think he's got. I think this goes back to uh, what it is when they're drafted, right? Like Dak, it's like Wimby, right? It's like, ha, duh, right? right? Dak was a fourth. <laughs> do, Dak duh. was a fourth round draft pick. C.J. Stroud was the number two pick overall. When you look at velocity, um, the way he delivers the ball, how quickly it comes out of his hand. I think you can teach him the other things. I did have questions about him coming out of Ohio State after he flunked the Wonderlick uh, twice. But he's shown to have a clutch gene. He's shown to be a leader. I, I love a lot of things about Dak. I think Dak is smart. I think Dak is a very good leader. That's probably his best quality. I think guys love playing with him. I do think his physical limitations are enough compared to CJ's physical gifts that I would take CJ. And I think that with the Texans, outside of this scenario, I think with the Texans specifically, you put him with D'Amico, who is that kind of calming personality and just kind of that player's coach, it almost empowers CJ a little bit more in that offense. It's like he's a defensive guy. D'Amico's going to go control the defense. The Texans and their offensive coordinator and CJ Stroud, they can shape the, the offense the way that they want. And they're kind of doing everything the way that CJ needs them to do. They're bringing him along slowly. They're listening to what he does best. They're going through the reads. And, and then CJ himself is actually doing himself so many favors by making quick decisions. And if it's not there, he's chucking it away. Like, he's making all the right moves as a quarterback. And what you see right now is why he's he's in the MVP converse, conversation now. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over as a young all, player yeah. is just – I mean, he had a, ha- a bad one yesterday. Yeah. I, I mean, they're all bad, but really bad. That could have flipped the game, but to his credit – it did flip the game, not in his team's favor, but at the end, he was great. He got two huge plays from the ex-Cowboys down the stretch of that game, Dalton Schultz and uh, Noah uh, Wilson, right? Noah Brown. Noah Brown, sorry, yes. But the throw to Noah Brown was what impressed me. Well, and Tank Dell. Because it so wasn't really there. Yes. 
on that last play to set the field goal, it wasn't really there, and he really trusted his arm strength and just fired it in there on a contested slant, and Noah broke that tackle. But um, you can tell, as you were talking about, the decision-making, I'm trusting the fact that this has to come out of my hand right now, even though it's not necessarily there. Right. It was a great play by CJ. And we're, when we're watching the games on TV, it's almost like – I'm like Dak has scarred me because when I'm watching CJ play and when the ball goes out of frame and they're they're going to they're going to panning over to the receiver, I think that ball is going to be caught by one of the Texans receivers. I just think that it's gonna be a wide open receiver and CJ Stroud has just completed another ball. Like that's what I think as the camera's panning over and you can't really see who he's throwing to. When I see Dak throw the ball, I'm like, like who's that going to? You know? Like I just I there, maybe there's so much optimism with CJ, but I just don't know. What Dak, uh, I don't, I, Dak has like scarred me now. So, wherever, whenever he throws the ball down the field, I'm like, hope this goes to the right guy. Well, he's still kind of learning, you know, how McCarthy wants to do things. And, you know, I think there should be a little bit of a grace period on that. And then the last two weeks, though, he's been freaking dynamite, man. Yeah. No, but he's, he's played really well. He, Dak played really well Great. against Philly. He played really well against the Giants. They still have their red zone issues, which is going to continue to bite them in the butt. But um, not I, if they run tornado tornado reverses to CD Lamb. CD Lamb is proving everybody why he's going to be worth 120 million dollars this offseason. So he uh, didn't have to prove anything to me coming out of Oklahoma. I thought he was the best player in the country. Should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. It's going to be interesting to see who gets paid more, him or uh, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Because Jay Jettas is uh, another another kind of beast, but yeah. All right, guys, that was a fun one. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. There's no more. I told you I'm gonna try and make these things go a little quicker. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's so a, yeah. We're going slid in under the thirty tag. minutes. Yeah, thirty two minutes. We're at right now. I'm just, like I said, we're trying to go a little quicker. The, they were dragging on before, so I'm going to. Uh, it's on me. I'm the producer and the host here, so I gotta make. I gotta you know make things go quicker. Well, you know, we would talk all day if we let us. Well, I, <laughs> that's what we're almost at. We have episode fifty on Wednesday. I think we're, we're not going to talk about Wimby. Not at all. Why Man. do you want to talk about the five game losing streak right now? It's not about the five-game losing streak. It's about what this guy's doing. It's fun to watch, man. It's He's fun to watch lose. Um, <laughs> Be patient. <laughs> it's my generation. I'm never patient. What are you, what are you talking yeah. about? I have no patience. Uh, speaking of, um, go Broncos tonight. Um, that's all we got for you in Monday edition of the Senior Cleats Podcast. A little bit quicker than normal, as we just alluded to. So remember to rate, review, download, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. We'll be back on Wednesday with the uh, – playoff week two edition of the high school hype squad so got a lot of teams with a lot of big matchups this week hopefully reagan can pull the big upset against westlake and uh johnson can pull the big upset against lake travis but a lot of three four five a teams are uh battling. Can, we, can i can i just take this opportunity to say yeah. what a travesty of justice the brackets are oh for sure to have reagan and uh westlake in round two well Th that should be the regional final. well did you see last week Vandegrift and Lake Travis was round one. Yeah. What they a, should seed them. How horrible is that? Like, yeah. you're just taking winners of – anyway, we can talk about this on Wednesday. Okay. All right. <laughs> Everybody have a good rest of your week. We'll see you right back here on Wednesday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.